0: Let me tell you something, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, let me tell you something, let me tell you something, it's time to Hello. Buenos dias. Buenos tardes. Buenos noches. Howdy. How you doing? Sup. Whatever it is you use to greet each other, That's what I'm trying to do, greet you to my first podcast, Let Me Tell You Something, Volume 1, Episode 1. So let me tell you something about me. My name is Tommy Owens. I live in the Coachella Valley, which is famous for the Coachella Fest and other things. So let me tell you something about me. I'm 61, I work at a school district, I'm a nurse, I'm an activist, I'm a political activist, I'm very opinionated, I have lots of friends who have done wonderful things to shape the world who I plan to introduce you to. So like from 1958 to 1975, I just grew up, graduated high school, and then to many people's surprise, I joined the Air Force. I got my nursing license in the Air Force. I was in it for six years. I got to travel the world. I got to meet a lot of people. And being from a very small town, I can tell you it was eye-opening. This is also the time where I could be me, which is a gay male, which does have Uh, you have a different view of the world, especially from 1975 until now. So, I'd like to tell you this true life story about activism and more of just being a nurse and learning what compassion is. So, after I got out of the Air Force, I'm a nurse, so, you know, you can get a job. And I was in San Antonio, Texas, and it was in the mid-80s when the AIDS crisis was starting in some places, blooming in others, and devastating other communities. So I was working at a hospital. So for reference, let me tell you that back in the day, there was a clause in employment called moral turpitude which was really an excuse to get rid of LGBT people. It was used as a tactic to legally get rid of. So I was working on the, quote, critical medicine floor, which was code for the HIV AIDS floor, because as a gay man, I got to work the night shifts, the holidays the medicine floors, the weekends, whatever else anybody else didn't want. That's what gay guys and gay women got because we had no way to stand up at that point. Because at that time, it was legal to discriminate in all 50 states. Well, it's still legal to do it in 27 states, so we've made some progress. So there's this one incident that has always stuck out in me, which I think is what caused me to realize that I could make a change or make a fact. Um, his name, uh, we'll just use his first name. His name was Michael. His last name started with a B. And he was in one of my rooms. Now, you have to remember that back then they thought it was a deadly disease that you could get by touching someone and cruel treatment is the best description for that so i noticed that they had delivered his meals and you know they delivered him styrofoam cartons everything was disposable nothing left the room they were in complete isolation They got no visitors. The people, they rarely had phones at all in their rooms. Some didn't have TVs. It was, you know, God's waiting room is what it was. So I noticed that his food just sat there. So I opened the door asking, you know, you need to eat. Let me help you. Let me get this set up. And he said to me, when I said, what can I do to make you comfortable? He said to me, nobody's touched me in like three weeks. I was a little confused by that. So I'm like, what do you mean nobody's touched you? He said, it's all rubber gloves and stethoscopes and people talking about me when I'm here, but nobody's touching me or talking to me. I guess it's the way I was raised. I felt that that's what he needed. I was certain that's not how you got it. By just simply touching someone, so I took my gloves off. I set up his food up. I held his hand and I helped him eat. Now the charge nurse walks past this big giant glass door and sees me doing it. Taps on the door. I give her the wait a minute thing. She taps on the door and uh, imagine Nurse Ratchet with the big hat, and the white hose, and the white shoes and the white cotton pris. Pr- pr- You know, and she was angry that she had to have all the, you know, it was a land of misfit toys and nurses. So she was angry all the time anyway. So when I came out, she told me if she ever saw me doing that again, that she would fire me. Well, I go to the work the next day. There sits his food, which nobody has bothered to even set up for him or get near him. I set up his food. I took my glove off, I held his hand, she walked by, even a harder rap this time. I knew what was coming, I just kept doing it. I came out of the room, and she informed me at that point that I had been terminated. So I also want to mention in this story that I'm not the only person who did that. There were hundreds and thousands of nurses who also saw the indignity of how people were treated who had hiv who had hepatitis who were drug addicts they were all lumped into the same group as less than sort of like you know the untouchables and it was typical for minorities to be the nurses who took care of those people. And that was across the United States. Now, here I am, San Antonio, nursing license in hand, been fired, wasn't sure what I was going to do, had to call my friend long distance. And back then, long distance was a thing because you got to call the operator and make a long distance call. It cost a lot of money. You know, it was a deal. This was before cell phones, beepers, pagers, all of that. Not that I'm ancient, but... I am 61. So a friend of mine told me, just come to Atlanta. We'll see what we can do. There's lots of hospitals here. I'm sure you can get a job here. So I ended up in Atlanta working at Grady Memorial Hospital. And I was hired by a director of nursing who I told the story to as to why I was terminated. Because I just wasn't going to hide that. I was going to hide who I am. I'm not going to hide how I felt people were being treated. I wasn't going to hide that people were receiving substandard care at best. And she hired me. And Grady Memorial Hospital uh, at the time, and I think still is, the largest county hospital uh, in the South, in Georgia, actually. In Atlanta, it is the largest one. So I got the night shift, working in the emergency room, and that's when we saw lots of people who couldn't afford health care or who uh, HIV positive, meaning homeless people. Yes, there were homeless people then. People who didn't have insurance and, you know, they didn't have Medicare or Medi-Cal because that wasn't a thing. We need to remember that the ACA allowed that. So, those people had nothing, so they depended upon the county hospital for treatment. So, I was working with also yet again another group of nurses that are from the land of misfit toys. And I hear about ACT UP. Now, ACT UP was an activist organization. It started in New York officially in 1987. And for those of you old enough, you've seen the logo that silence equals death. And it did. Uh, People didn't talk about it and people died. Now, the CDC just happens to be in Atlanta. Atlanta. So, some of you have may seen the smoke bombs being thrown into CDC and the riots. Well, they called them riots, they were actually civil disobedient actions. So, that was the first time I got arrested. Uh, I was accused of destroying federal property, and to this day, I will tell you, I did not throw the pink smoke bomb. I was near the pink smoke bomb, and without incriminating myself, I was aware how the smoke bombs got transported to the CDC. So, that was the first of 17 arrests that I had for Civil disobedience, and not all associated with HIV and AIDS activism, but poverty and healthcare, and children's rights and uh, women's rights. You know, just your all-around basic, for lack of better words, an activist looking for a cause. So here I am running around frequently being arrested, however, never convicted. They used to arrest us, take us to jail, put us in these huge rooms with, you know, people who had been arrested for sex solicitation and drunk tanks and all these things and threaten us and tell us our lives were going to be over and they were going to report us to everybody in the world and all of that. I'm one of the fortunate ones who felt If that did happen, that somehow the universe was going to take care of me. Because people actually lived in fear of being seen at those rallies, being activists for those rallies, being activists at civil rights marches, being activists at poor housing, under-housing marches, because they would fire you. you. They would put your name in the paper. And people did lose their jobs and their houses and, you know their income and all of that stuff, which did happen to me. But I was convinced that the universe would provide, and the universe did provide. I always seemed to bounce back, but I never got fired from Grady Memorial Hospital because I have to tell you, charge nurse Betty Dawson, who I will never forget, she wore that starched white hat with that starched white skirt with those white hose and those white shoes and her white clipboard with her pen that has the three different colors on it. She always carried that around. And she always taught us no matter what happens when you're at work, all I need you to do is your best for the patient. You know, she wasn't going to fire us. Grady Memorial hired tens of thousands of people. Had medical school coming in. So we sort of figured like we blended into the mix. Well, it turns out we didn't blend into the mix. Being arrested and being on TV certainly gets the attention of those people who run hospitals. So I get to work one day, and I'm called down to human resources. And I suddenly have this review ready for me, which was not written by Nurse Dodson. It was written by somebody who I never knew that was poor at best. And it was an attempt to terminate me. So I did what most people wouldn't do was I just said, no, I'm not doing this. When I come to work, I do my job. I stand up for myself. This is what I'm going to do. And I'll just get a hold of Atlanta Journal-Constitution and we could have a conversation about this in the newspapers. So Grady Memorial being, you know, part of Emory University, a Methodist hospital, And other hospitals in the city, they certainly don't want their names in the paper. And that's when Ronald Reagan finally, finally released drugs for HIV patients. So... That's what my basis for this podcast is. It's not about me being an activist. It's not about me doing what I did. It's not about me being part of ACT UP. It's not about me being part of Sisters Perpetual Dulgence. I seem to be saying me a lot when I'm trying to say it's not me. So my hope in this podcast is that you could receive some information that you didn't have before because it wasn't published or it wasn't available You know, we didn't have iPhones and all of that back in the day. We have them now, but we didn't have them then. I want to introduce you to some people who have pretty much remained unknown, who have made remarkable differences in other people's lives. Now, here's where you come in at. If you have an idea, if you have a story you want to tell, if you know somebody that has a story that you want to tell that needs to be told, there's a way to get a hold of us. And, you know, let me tell you something. Name of our podcast. And how you can get a hold of us is lmtyschat at gmail.com. Okay, and all of you that know me know I know nothing about tech. So my executive producer, that sounds fancy, I have one, his name is James Kidd. Say hi, James. Hello. Okay, so he's the one who's going to be working all this, but I will be reading it. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at L-M-T-Y-S chat. That really kind of sounds like a cheer. I think I might need to work on that. That could be episode two. I'll be working on that. So let me tell you something. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the very first podcast, Volume One, Episode One. We're hoping to make this a weekly, and how we can do that is by you liking our podcast, sharing it, getting a hold of us on social media, and let's see how this works out. So, until next time. Practice a random act of kindness, smile, be nice, do nice things, and let us hear from you here on Let Me Tell You Something.